what does it look like to develop as a permaculturist? I'm of the mindset that after you finish a two-week PDC, the work's not done. That's really just the beginning. I came out of that PDC 100 miles an hour, so excited, ran straight into a wall. You know, my first big project was a complete disaster. A big warm welcome back to the Making Permaculture Stronger podcast. I'm your host as usual, hasn't changed, still Dan Palmer, and it's episode 25 today, 25 episodes and counting. This is my second conversation with Jason Gerhardt. For your reference, our first chat was episode 18. That's the place to head uh, if you haven't listened to it already, if you would like to hear more about Jason's background and the kinds of work he does as a permaculture designer, educator, facilitator, and so on. Jason is the director of the US-based Permaculture Institute and also has a permaculture design company called Real Earth Design. As you'll see, I ended up not being able to resist, given how he started things off sharing the um, framework the layering framework that i initially introduced on the episode 24 with meg mcgowan and that i will continue to explore it is sounding like tomorrow with my second chat with morag gamble so you, that'll probably be the next episode anyway yeah jason brought up this theme that he's been getting some input from joel glansberg on around what's the developmental pathway or what are the opportunities or the options in terms of the developmental pathway for a permaculturist for a permaculture designer I'm really enjoying dipping into that with Jason and others. The conversation went longer than what I'll share today. I'm planning to share some of the stuff we moved on to explore more, like we got into the details of the whole thing around what is the value and role of drawing stuff, of mapping, of drawing designs in permaculture, uh, and a few other topics. So I look forward to working those into upcoming episodes one way or another. In general news, I'm very much looking forward to holding space for the second gathering of supporters of the project where we're looking at supporting each other to grow and evolve as permaculture designers and figuring out how we're going to go about that as we go along. I think there's going to be six of us at this stage, so I'm pumped about that and I'll keep you informed about those experiments. You can get involved by becoming a $10 a month or greater supporter on the patreon.com slash making permaculture stronger page or those I've said previously don't let finances block you from getting involved if you can't afford it get in touch and we'll figure it out I thought I'd tell you I'm, I'm working on a book at the moment I've been getting up really early 5 30 some mornings and, and putting an hour or two into uh, a book I'm writing about living design process which is very much related to a lot of the stuff we explore here the book on making permaculture stronger itself is still in process and progress i'm looking forward to getting a few very significant posts written and out in the coming month or so and then i feel like i'll have all once i've got all that content i'll really better you know have it all in front of me at once and really start to edit it and get the input of other editorial support and illustrations all that kind of stuff so i see that happening possibly i'll consider a crowdfunding thing to help pay the editor and illustrator and all that but cross those bridges when i come to them and that's more than enough for me Let's jump on in. I'll let you know that I'm going to include the diagram of the framework we're talking about here on the show notes. You can look at it as a JPEG or download it as a PDF. For some of you, it might be of use to have it in front of you. Although that said, we talk about it in a way where it should hopefully make sense, regardless of whether you're looking at the diagram. Enjoy the chat with Jason. I'll check in with you again at the end. Here it is. It's Jason Gerhardt, the sequel. Great to have you back. Thanks for having me back. Very happy to be here. I had a very, I think, suspect we both, but I certainly had a very distinct and clear feeling toward the end of our last conversation that we weren't done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's so, so many affinities and, and resonant threads and experiences and realizations in the, in the similar time we've been engaged in, in permaculture, teaching and designing and so on. And now we did, I'll, I'll let listeners know, we did have a catch up, I think it was last week. We didn't record, it was just checking in and, and shooting the breeze, which was great. And out of that came a, what feels like it'll probably be today's theme which is around permaculture education. Why don't you kick it off? I'd, I mean, I'd love to, it'd be good just to hear about your latest and uh, and then and then maybe you can bring us into this theme of this topic. Great. Thought-wise, I've really been on the track of permaculture education and trying to figure out for myself, you know, I don't want to speak for anybody else, but for myself, what is it that I want to offer? And what I want to offer is a pathway for people to follow and develop themselves to be capable and actually fully, you know, equipped to do the work that we're talking about, 
to actually have the transformative impact that we know we can have and that permaculture is, you know, hearkening to or and has been for so long, but also regenerative design and not just limiting myself to permaculture. That's something that I've focused on actually is that potentially permaculture has pigeonholed itself into too narrow of a circle or too small of a circle and, and hasn't at least collectively had the will to look outside of itself and see who else is doing work very similarly with, you know, slightly different frameworks. In the case of the Regenesis folks, you know, they were permaculturists and still are in, in a lot of ways and moved on to the work that they felt was appropriate. I feel fairly committed to moving forward under the permaculture banner. I, I, I'm very, not just fairly, but very committed to moving forward under the permaculture banner. That's because I just think it's it's a powerful platform. I think there's a lot of a lot of energy around it. And I truly have to believe that the struggle, and maybe it's not a struggle, but the journey that I've been on, that you've also been on, so many of, of us have been on, is there's something about permaculture that sends us on that journey. And I'm not ready to leave that behind. Um, so it's, it's either, you know, you leave something behind or you decide to upgrade it and I'm ready for the upgrade. Wonderful. All right. Well, so tell me, tell me more. Had a great conversation with Joel Glansberg about this maybe just a week ago now. And I've been in consultation with him for quite a long time, actually years. He reminded me that five years have gone by since certain things that I've asked him and said, and I still call him up and I say, Hey, I'm struggling with this. He's like, you know, you called me a few years ago with that. (laughs) So I've been deep in the thought realm about it all, I guess. And Joel helped shine light on one particular aspect, which is that he, he feels that what I'm asking or getting towards is what is the developmental path of a permaculturist? And those are Joel's words. And I very much resonate with that. I think that's exactly what I'm, I've been seeking, grasping at, and for. With my work is, what does it look like to develop as a permaculturist? I'm of the mindset that after you finish a two-week PDC, you are not, the work's not done. That's really just the beginning. Uh, so it's kind of funny when I get emails or phone calls, which happens very regularly, about people asking, I really like to get my PDC. This is the statement. I'd like to get my PDC. I'm like, well, what is your PDC? Like, what is my PDC? What is a PDC? Do you just want the certificate or are you actually trying to get going on the journey of developing yourself into the capacity to be an earth and culture healer, right? And For some folks, I think it's about the certificate. And for others, increasingly, though, I I will say for others, it's about getting on the path and sort of finding the right road to to follow. And the PDC still is that gateway. It's just that it can't be the only, you can't push people through a door and then just have open space on the other side, like a, a white blank room, you know, that's gigantic, the size of the whole world. That's basically what the PDC does. And you get on that other side and you wonder what the hell you're supposed to do. And a small percentage, I would say, figure it out, meaning a small percentage of those who've finished the PDC actually find their way through that open space and a whole lot of others stay where they're at, I would say, um, or end up kind of tinkering with the things, tinkering with the material world of building your backyard out with garden, chickens, bees, whatever. Um, That's where a lot of people end up. And we know, I'm personally of the belief, at least, that that's not going to be enough. You know, the amount of people we can reach through the PDC is not that end up just gardening in their backyards and doing great whole system design work for for themselves. Uh, I don't want to downplay it, but it isn't going to be enough to get us where we're going, uh, where we need to go. It's not enough to save. It's not going to be enough to save, you know, life on earth, as some people may choose to put it. Um, so it's the inquiry about what is enough. And that's where I've been. And Joel shining that light on the developmental path means that, ah, so there's stages of development, right? 
levels you can look at it hierarchically if you want to you can look at it you know perpendicularly it, it, it's totally up to you i'm not attached to the up and down you know levels thing hierarchical thing i see hierarchies all over the natural world so i'm not afraid of them i think they've been destructive in human culture in some instances or a lot of instances it does not mean that a hierarchy is a negative thing in and of itself so there is in my opinion a hierarchy of moving through a developmental pathway as a permaculturist and that just means there's different stages and levels and what are the tools that are going to get us to the different to the next level you know post pdc is the conversation i've really been having with a lot of folks and also just inside my own mind and writing a lot about it as well so trying to get clarity on that um and I, I will say, I, I don't know exactly what my next steps are going to be about that. I'm, I'm still sitting in that open space. But I'm also thinking about things like succession, ecological succession, I believe, acts within us. It acts in anything that's alive and therefore anything that's continuing to evolve. Um, so you could also just say, what is the successional path of a permaculturist? What does it look like to move from? that mind-opening moment to the canopy closing in. Um, I'm going to have to uh, say some things now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, because I'm feeling this, the excitement rising, which tends to happen when I listen to you speak, Jason. So there's two, two aspects here. One, one is that this Joel Glansberg shining the light of clarity thing and, um, and, and bringing this focus. I mean, I don't know if you've read it, but maybe I'll, I'll, just, I'll just read it out. So I've recently been benefiting from from Joel's input and, and he's been helping me refine the purpose statement, like the, the getting clear around what's the intent, what's the, why does making permaculture strong exist, which speaks to the, I'm thinking of Bill Reed on the last chat. He said, you know, some, someone might make a beautiful Island in their backyard or create a green farm in the desert, which is interesting. It's amazing, beautiful. But in his words, it's, that's not what we're interested in. We're interested in transforming mm-hmm. the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I had a more convoluted, version I was working with and Joel helped me really focus it in and make it more clear, concrete, specific. And where it's at is making permaculture stronger inspires creative exploration and dialogue around permaculture design in a way that develops our ability to think and act creatively as a community to enable permaculture practitioners to affect the large scale systemic change we need. And I love Mm -hmm. that. I love that point at the end and that reminder of you know, permaculture is an, like you said, it's an incredible platform. There's energy. There's so much incredible, profound insight and foundational ideas and, and whatnot. And this thing has serious potential. And that's why you're sticking around. That's why I'm sticking around. I love that purpose statement, by the way. Um, it makes me think of a couple things. Uh-huh. One of them is that I've been working on doing purpose statements for this large project that I'm now employed through. And kept arriving at sort of, why does this need to exist? And I like the end of your purpose statement, basically saying why it needs to exist, because we're trying to, I don't remember the statement exactly, but trying to transform the world. Um, So that's really beautiful. The other thing that what you just said made me think about is this platform of permaculture is that the most amazing people in the world really at least that i've encountered end up showing up at permaculture's doorstep and that's perhaps why i more than anything don't want to leave it behind because such phenomenal people just keep showing up and it's our responsibility since we've been you know since we walked through that door a longer time ago it's, it's our responsibility to give them the real dope you know so that's that's why I'm sticking around. It's for the people that keep showing up. It's not for the name or the, you know, the possibility that exists. It's, it's just for the people. Yeah. It's a beautiful way of putting it. Yeah. And they, they're getting a taste of something real and authentic and powerful here. And we're together. We, we want to give you that. We want to give you the real thing. Part of what it means is that it has to keep evolving. I've got to share with you also, it was, it was kind of crazy how well you just set this up in a sense when you had zero knowledge of this in the last for listeners who are listening right now, the last podcast that came out will have been with Meg McGowan, my second chat. And in that conversation, I shared a framework 
which ended up being five nested layers, which was all about the developmental pathway of a permaculturist. Mm. So I feel like, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I'd like to share that with you and have your input. It's, it's just feeling very new and very much inspired by some stuff I've been doing with Carol Sanford. I'm intrigued. It's kind of cool how it's, it seems like it wants to go this way because it, it was, in a sense, born in the last conversation and or just before it and then developed and then can continue to develop. And I have a sense that it might land or lead somewhere useful. And, and it shines some really interesting light on certain things. So anyway, I'll take you through it. I mean, I guess what I'll do for your clarity is share the screen, even though that listeners will have to make sure we draw it with our words. Okay, here it is here. What I should do is um, I'll cover up. I'll, do, I'll do, the, do the reveal. Don't look, don't look. All right. I, I, was, I was sitting with that, the, the question of what is the pathway? Where's the doorway? And what happens after that? And one thing I was sitting with is that, and I was thinking about what are the different ways that you can engage as, as a permaculture designer or work with permaculture design and share permaculture design with others. And it seemed to me the simplest level, so what I've construed here is the, is the entry layer, and it's the layer that, as far as I know, is, is the thing that probably initially excites more people about permaculture than anything else, is this idea of giving people simple stuff. On each of these layers, I'm using the, the fishing metaphor so here you're giving you're throwing them a fish or two you're giving them a fish which is like hey you could put a swale in or you should check out this chicken tractor i mean the, the thing that got me into permaculture initially was i read a book called the permaculture home garden by linda woodrow and that book presented a very clear recipe a set of instructions for building a chicken tractor that sat in a, a dome that's that you moved around a mandala garden and you know it was exciting and compelling and it was like a fish it was quite a gnarly complex fish it was moving towards the next layer because it integrated several different fish into a little system. But that's what excited me. Oh, this, there's this thing that I could do in my backyard. And I started to do it. I did it in a couple of backyards. I did one for my mum and for some friends. I, mean, I was talking to someone last night about this and they've just finished an online PDC with um, you know, a fairly well-known permaculturist who does online PDCs. And, mm -hmm. um, and I realized that one thing that he does in the permaculture sphere is he gives people a lot of fish, you know, like he gets people excited about, oh, swales or herb spirals or chinampas or food forests or chop and drop or, you know, whatever it is. And often that is the entry point. Someone's like, oh, wow, that's a cool idea. I could interplant nitrogen fixing support trees with my fruit trees, or I could cut a, a, tr a trench across my landscape and it would catch water. That's cool. I'm going to do, do that. You know what I mean? It's, it's, like an, it's like a very easy thing to grab onto. So that was the entry point where a lot of us initially get excited or you look over the fence and say, what are you doing? Oh, wow. You're doing a hot compost. I want to learn about that. But yeah, I've put here in my thinking about it too in this little diagram that it's what's happening there is you're kind of reaching into the permaculture grab bag and hoping that you pick a winner. And sometimes it is going to be a winner and sometimes it isn't. You know, sometimes you get, someone's going to get excited about something that's not actually not appropriate for their situation because they don't have that ability to discern yet. Mm -hmm. They're just like, yeah. it's a cool idea. I'll do it. I'll put a cob pizza oven in my backyard and oh, turns out I'm using it twice a year because it takes three hours to heat up to do three pizzas. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I haven't heard about rocket barrel ovens yet or whatever. And so the, ne <laughs> the next layer was, I'll keep going. Do you want to say anything at this point or should I roll through the whole thing? Roll through the whole thing. I think that'll be helpful. So the next layer is giving people complex stuff. So the first layer is you give them simple stuff, throw them a few fish. The next one is you give them more complex stuff, which is like giving them a net um, with which they can catch their own fish. Or I mean, mm -hmm. it's really give, give them a net and some fish. And so and this is where you bring the connective tissue that, that integrates these different simpler elements or components. And so this is giving someone a design. So it's like, hey, yeah, you're sure. I've, you know, you've got excited. You've done this and that. You know, I could give you a design. And whether you do it as a friend or as a consultant or whatever, it's, right. it's a layer up, you know, it's, it's yep. more inclusive. It includes those things, but it's bigger and it involves more engagement. You've got to tune into the, you know, start looking at the landscape. What, what do you really want? How much time do you have? All that kind of stuff. So it's, it's bigger. It starts to involve, you know, something outside of oneself, outside of your home. Right. So I don't know if you've looked at Ethan Solovey and Gregory, uh, Gregory Landua's, seven level or levels of regenerative oh the levels uh, i forget what the title is but they wrote that white paper about basically kind of trying to put a container around regenerative which i found a lot of help uh in and they have four or so different levels that you move from and it almost corresponds with zones in permaculture you know like you start close to home and you start to move further and further out so I see that reflected in this. 
Yeah, well, I, sus- I strongly suspect that that would have been influenced by Carol Sanford as this was. I didn't realize how much up till afterwards. <laughs> Very um, most likely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I'll track that one down because the stuff Ethan and Gregory have come up with is great stuff. And I've, I've seen mm-hmm. him talk about another layering thing in the context of regenerative agriculture. Anyway, this is where a lot of us get to, you know, we, we learn how to do cool things and then we start to do designs. Like this is how I started. I did some cool bits and bobs and then I started to do some designs. I did, we'd started permablitzes and we'd put together simple designs in people's backyards. And this is, this is very common. A lot of people uh, are doing this. The next layer was, okay, I can give you simple stuff or we can take it up a notch. I can give you complex stuff. I can give you a design. I can give you the net as well as the fish. The next one is, hey, I could teach you how to design. I could teach you how to use a net to catch a fish so that mm-hmm. you, you, know, you, you, can make, you can make your own net. You can make it fit yourself. And of course, you could potentially go and do designs for other people. And so this is where the permaculture design certificate course sits. Agreed. Sometimes this is the pathway, right? Someone gets excited about this or that some idea in a permaculture magazine they they get someone to do them a design and after they're like you know what i really need to learn how to do this stuff myself i'm going to sign up i'm going to get my pdc as you said earlier yep yep Um, or i'm going to i'm going to start reading different kinds of books because a lot of the permaculture books are filled with bits and bobs you know they're they're basically grab bags in a book um but Mm -hmm. then there's books like edible forest gardens or um, ben folk's book on um, small scale resilient homestead which start to get into you know, more, more of a design education, you know, how, how you actually do this. To some degree, of course, the designer's manual does that, although, of course, it, that itself is a mixed bag. There's a, certainly a hell of a lot of exciting bits and pieces in the designer's manual. That's what most of the pictures are of. Yeah. As some listeners or readers will know, in my opinion, the, the stuff around design process is pretty thin on the ground. There's some design. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it's, it's part of the mix. And of course, it is the reference, the canonical reference for the PDC. So that's a thing. So you can do a PDC. As you said before, uh, my last guest, Meg, said, it's kind of, and David Holmgren, I mean, a lot of people have said, it's kind of crazy to think someone can do a two-week course and then go out and do, you know, coherent quality permaculture designs for people. And so this isn't enough. And Agreed. so on a, you're on the developmental pathway. You've done some bits and pieces. You've maybe had a design or you've, and or you've done a PDC. Um, like you said, a lot of us come out of PDCs. We're excited and we just, we go, go from the PDC to the whole universe, to the whole world. And a lot of us, like myself, I came out of that PDC 100 miles an hour, so excited, evangelical about permaculture, mm. and I just ran straight into a wall. You know, my first big project was a complete disaster. I, mm. I, I recommended swales, and the upshot is $8,000 worth of swales were bulldozed back in, and it was not good. And, I mean, yeah. I, I, I crashed and burned spectacularly. Um, a lot of other people I know crash and burn less spectacularly. Um, but, you know, basically you, you realize I don't really know what I'm doing. You know, I don't, I don't know, you know, how to do this that well. I don't really know how to understand what the people really want. And I'm not, I'm only semi-conscious of the fact that I'm imposing my own ideas and all that kind of stuff. And so I was thinking, what's, what's the layer behind that on the developmental pathway of someone who really does want to take it further? And so what popped up for me there was the kind of work I'm doing now, because when I, when I work with clients, I'm no longer giving them a design. I'm not a design expert that's giving them a design, as we've talked about. Mm. I'm, I'm a mentor or a steward or a facilitator, and we work over time, often over, at the least over many months, more often over years, like two, three, five, ten years sort of thing. And then what, what I'm doing there is it's much more of like a apprenticeship model where I'm, I'm mentoring them to hold and understand and be in control of their own design process to lift their capacity and so here we're moving from giving them a fish or two to giving them a net and maybe a couple of fish to teaching them how to use a net to catch fish, which was like you do a PDC, to support them to evolve their own way of thinking about fishing so that mm-hmm. they can, whatever situation they're in, they can think about whether they, how they're going to go about it. Are they going to use a net or a rod or a spear or whatever it is? And so it's a, it's a, it's, it's a lot deeper there. And so that's something I've been exploring. And to me, that's relatively rare. I, don't, I haven't come across, a, I mean, I might be wrong, but I haven't come across a lot of people that are working in this way. And yet for somebody to, to really, I mean, it's the only way, right? It's a complex skill. Like my colleague, Adam Grubb, sometimes says, permaculture is not rocket science. It's actually way more complex than that. You know, <laughs> microbes and chemistry, physics, biology, there's so much going on. And so you can't, you can't master it in two weeks, obviously. It's, it's mm-hmm. It's an insane idea, but probably no one really actually believes in practice. It's, it's a complex thing that you need to learn over, over years. And so I'm excited to be working in that space. And to some degree, I, in an informal way, 
that was how I deepened my own path and my own journey with permaculture is I tracked down mentors, mm. hung out with them, you know, I traveled to Africa with Ro Morrow and so on. So in reading landscape with David Holmgren over years and all that, that was what really took things to the next level for me. Now it's Regenesis when I realized, hang on a second, there's a fifth layer here. And this mm. layer, I just, to me, doesn't exist. I, I'd be love to hear what you have to say, but I have, I'm not aware of it existing in permaculture and it's entering and co-creating an ongoing community of practice where a group of people are coming together to co-evolve their mutual design capacity. And with the fishing metaphor, it's like um, they're going on fishing, regular fishing trips together in all kinds of different places and figuring it out and swapping and, and, and learning and so on. And I've realized, because I've been trying to figure out this whole regenesis, like, who are these people? Like, what is this all about? Getting my head around their ideas and frameworks. And, uh-huh. and I've realized one thing they are is a group of colleagues that for decades have been meeting regularly supporting each other like joel talks about how they'll never go to a design uh, a project alone they'll always have at least one offsider you know afterwards and during they'll be reflecting and supporting each other so that's one reason they've been able to achieve what they've achieved which is is because they've been they're literally a community practice and i've been thinking wow what would that look and feel like for permaculture and and Mm -hmm. i've got that's what i want that's i want to be a part of that and i'm realizing wow maybe making permaculture stronger that's part of why it actually exists is to support Mm that um, in one form or another so anyway you, you see why i had to mention this because you were just talking about the pathway and the layers and, and this is something that i've been playing around with so give me a, of, give me a reflection of course this is this is really great um it's clearly patterned off of before you got to even number three on this or the, or the, the third uh, level up i was already thinking on joel's we're not teaching you we're not giving you a fish, right? That whole saying is give someone a fish, you feed them for a day, teach someone to fish, you feed them for life. Permaculture is not giving you a fish. It's not even teaching you how to fish. It's teaching you how to think about fishing. And I believe that Joel created that saying. That's been like a koan for me, honestly. Uh, koan meaning a little phrase that kind of works on your mind and you turn over for a very long time and it starts to impact the way you think. Um, so that's been one of those koans for me for years. And I see it very clearly in here. And I like the next level up, which is going on fishing trips together to all, uh, to all kinds of different places. <laughs> uh, of course, I just want to go on those trips because they're going to be fun. But I do think that's how Regenerasis has operated. They're almost a bit of a think tank. I don't know if they've ever thought of themselves that way, but I see it that way knowing some of them and their history and relationships and you know, how they get together. And, you know, Regenesis has evolved over the years, right? That's been around for at least, I mean, I think they're going on 20 years now. Hmm. Um, so I don't know how many times it's evolved since then, but it's evolving because they're going on fishing trips together to all kinds of different places. And I think that community of practice is, is huge. Um, I think even more simplistically on, on, on some level, and Joel and I talked about this a lot, that I want to frame permaculture as a practice. Before there's a community of practice, one has to realize that it is a practice. Yeah. And it's not a credentialing thing. You know, It's not the game of licensure, to use the word, which has been, been a big topic or theme in it. And it's a practice. And so Joel pointed out to me that a lot of different traditions have levels and they have recognition along those levels, you know, with the martial arts you have built. Um, And I mean, you can even see it with, with academia, you have levels of education, (laughs) whether that always corresponds to intellect and know-how is a whole nother conversation. Um, But all kinds of different spiritual traditions have, have levels, you know, as well. And you work your way through them and it's a practice. It's because you know, you're trying to get somewhere and you know, you need to be on a pathway in the end. Maybe you realize that there's nowhere to get, but going through that process is a very important journey to actually get to the point where you're understanding what you're, what you're actually trying to do. Or, or what your capacity or capability actually is. And just looking over this again, I think you're going to have to share this, uh, 
this gets released, you'll have to share this in the post so that people can visualize this if it's ready. Um, oh, for sure, yeah. Well, I'm planning to share it um, when the, the conversation before this comes out, which okay, when listeners listen to this, it will have already come out. Yeah, and then, and then I'd love to, things like that reference, I'm pretty sure you're spot on. I, I, did, I hadn't made the connection consciously, but I think it was in Joel's open letter that I read about that idea of thinking about fishing. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, that, that's where it, it's, it's getting to that point where these people have, yeah, they're sneaking into my dreams and thoughts and I can't <laughs> actually, you know, track down exactly where the idea came from. And, and, and I didn't consciously, it was only afterwards where I looked at a, a framework Carol had shared with me in a different context. And I was like, hang on a second. <laughs> this is just a, you know, this is a restatement of that, that same idea. That's how you know it's working, Dan, when yeah. your dreams are a little disturbing. If you're having like always peaceful dreams, you're not doing it right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I used to tell my classes that permaculture, um, permaculture ruins your life for the better. <laughs> and it, it only ruins your life for the better if you take it as a practice because it actually makes you, it forces you to make radical changes based on what you realize and wake up to. Yeah, that is fantastic. <laughs> you, should, is that the, you should have that as the byline of your business. <laughs> Permaculture ruins your life. Ruining, yeah, ruining your life for the better. Yeah, ruining your life for the better. There you we'll, go. We'll, we'll ruin your life and you'll thank us for it. <laughs> I've been thanked many times for, you know, planting seeds. I don't think I'm ruining anybody's life. They're ruining it themselves. <laughs> uh, I'm just planting the seeds of ruination. <laughs> And people, people are grateful. They're like, you know what? You totally shifted the direction of my life, and it was incredibly challenging. I went through a lot of upheaval, and I'm so grateful I did. Mm, mm. That's, yep. that's beautiful. Yeah, likewise. I've had a lot of those experiences. Yeah, and they're, they're some of the most satisfying because it's risky, and you know, there's fear in me, and it's mm -hmm. energy, and yeah, and there's disruption and all that happening. But when um, the conversation comes out the other side into a beautiful place, it's yeah, mm -hmm. very satisfying. So being that this is a pathway or, you know, a series of stages of succession, right? You, you have to start at one of them, which is maybe not, I see on here, you have easiest entry point. The easiest entry point may not be where everybody starts, but it may be the predominating entry. Yeah. And I mean, I'll just say to listeners, so I've got a little arrow saying easiest, as you'll see on the show notes, easiest entry point is into the simple stuff like, what's permaculture? Oh, well, you could do sheep mulching. Oh, wow. That's cool. Tell me about it. All right. Whereas for other people, yeah, they may enter at the level of, hey, we, we want to go straight into getting your design or, or even just, I'm going to sign up for a PDC, see what happens. Right. Exactly. And sometimes that's actually one level, like those levels are very closely tied because often today, actually, I got to call somebody. I want to do design work on my farm and I want to do my PDC. So how do I move forward with that? So I think those are actually really closely tied. There may be groupings even. Yes. Yep. Yeah, we, um, have, we have that also. And I, I love that. Sometimes people say, you know, like, I'd like you to come and help me develop my new property. Also, I've also just signed up for your PDC. You're like, fantastic. That's great. Right. And then, exactly. I mean, my... So if I'm going to be working with them, my intention is then to move up to that level of, well, you know, I'll, I'll be supporting you over some years to, to really live this. And, take, and I love, I've got to say, I love that, you know, that thing about the practice, that before you can have a community practice, you've got to have a practice. And this is a practice. Mm -hmm. And why I brought that up was in relationship to the stages of succession here is that I do believe it's an internal process at the, first, at, at the beginning. It, it's... It's got to come from you. It's got to come from like, I want to change the way that I'm living my life, maybe at its most basic. And you can't necessarily start at the community of practice. And I think there's a lot of great analogies in spirituality uh, or spiritual traditions. I can only really speak for the one I've been involved in, which is Zen. There's a lot of good stories of folks just jumping into the community aspect and kind of missing the whole practice piece. Um, so I think it's very important to come to it from an inward place to really be introspective about it. And ultimately it's about changing oneself, right? I think the world is only made of beings. And so each being has to change itself and humans being a very large keystone species. I think the more humans change themselves, then the more the world changes. That's 
it's it's got to be a self a solo journey it's selfish in a way and um that's that's okay i think it, that's necessary to embrace it as a practice mm-hmm. is really what i'm saying but i'm also curious dan when i when you first revealed the the bottom level here i wanted to ask you what was the little piece of candy you know that got you hooked initially it was that thing I mentioned. So I, I read the book. It was the chicken tractor. It was the chicken tractor. And I built a chicken tractor. That was my entry path into permaculture was like, I'm building this chicken tractor. And, you know, I, it was a good one for me because it wasn't, you know, it was, it was fairly nuanced and, you know, it was, you know, it was like, how do you, how do you deal with foxes and have mm. a flange and, and where do they sleep and shelter and eggs and the whole thing. Oh my God, this works in with the garden. And so that kept me quite happily occupied. And that was, I was doing permaculture as far as I was concerned. I was like, Hey, I read a book about permaculture and this is what it looks like. You do a chicken tractor. And I was, mm-hmm. I was, I was telling everyone, everyone I came across is what they needed was a chicken tractor. Cause this is what permaculture is. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that was the entry point. Yeah. And I'll be, I mean, I'll be curious. I'll, I'll maybe I'll ask the question in the show notes as well, but I'd be curious for other people to talk about that. You know, it'd be fun to tell what it was for different people. And as I was saying, there's certain players in the, permaculture sphere or ecosystem and i see that as a really valuable role they play is that they present really really compelling candy and get people's attention and then sometimes people might end up doing a pdc and i'm so interested in what you like we started with what happens next and i'd I'd love there to be i'm not really into you know certified programs and and all that kind of stuff like over formalizing it but which i think is inconsistent with part of permaculture's whole vibe but certainly some kind of I don't know, some, some sort of loosely organized understandings of these layers and what's possible. And I mean, I, and I would love to be part of a ongoing community of permaculture design practice where we're actively challenging and supporting and nourishing each other to get better at the stuff and sharing what's happening and, and to see, I mean, I want to, firstly, I want to find out about, I'm sure they do exist in pockets here and there. It'd be amazing to find them and for them to wave their hands and say, hey, we exist and here's what we've learned and, and, and so on. And to, and to learn from people like Regenesis, who, like you say, are still, I'd say, like permaculturists in disguise in a sense. Mm-hmm. Right. What about you, Jason? Where, where, how, whereabouts did you enter? And one, one, by the way, one thing I'm realizing too is where, like for me, I, where I place myself is between those, those last two layers. You know, I'm, I'm doing, mm. I've, been, I've, had it, I've been lucky enough to have, to have been come through all the other layers, been mentored, and now I'm at that point where I'm mentoring and I'm hungry to cross the boundary, the threshold into the community practice thing. But you know, I talked to a couple of people last night, a few patrons in our initial conversation, which, which is a baby step towards this idea of a distributed yeah. practice. And each person was able so to say, "Oh, yeah, well, this, this is where I entered. This is where I am now." Where where would you place yourself in relationship to this way of thinking about it all? I think somewhere it's a grouping encompassing the top three actually mm. because I still am I think a distinction you made at least that that I picked up was that you're not providing your clients with d- designs like you're not doing map making basically for your clients and I still am um, which yeah so that that's where I would place myself on this so that's the top four layers I guess it is I, I'm sort I'm not totally clear on what the second layer level is um, well, if that's, that, that, that's when you basically give someone a, pl- a plan when you say here's a master plan or you know here's a design gotcha as opposed yeah, to yeah. here's here's a, here's a book about a chicken tractor and some information about the swale and, a, and check out this herb spiral or photocopy the pages out of the designer's menu it's like hey here's an actual coherent plan for your place oh i see permaculture design service modeled after conventional design discipline yeah totally i would be in the top four then yep and I mean, that said, I mean, there's probably times where you, because certainly there's times, well, one thing I like about this is, and I'm pretty sure it's probably permeated through from Carol also, is that it's not judgmental. It's not saying the lower layers are bad and the higher layers are good. It's just like, you know, there, there's totally times where I'm like, okay, we don't, it'd be, just, it'd be just ridiculous to talk about community practice right now or, to, <laughs> or mentoring or teaching design or even, you know, it's just like, here we are, we've got a limited time frame. We're on a working beat of school or something. And hey, what about, here's an idea you might be interested in. And I was thinking as we were talking before, the incredible week I shared with Joel, dragging him from consultancy to consultancy, trying to extract as much learning and value from him as I possibly could. In fact, I feel like I probably got a year's worth of mentoring out of the guy, poor guy, in one week. At the end, he was like, no more questions. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but during that week, Joel Glansberg and I were, were on a property where I am doing the mentoring thing through time. But at that moment, we were talking about the details of where the swale went, you know? 
And so you're, you're, you're ebbing and flowing and moving up and down and it's, um, it's all good. I also want to stress it's not like unless you get to the community practice, it's not like that's the black belt, but you're not, you're not an ordained, you know, permaculture artist until you, it's like, whatever. Like it's just for some people getting to the point where you're running PDCs is amazing. And it's, that's great for people in the game of global or large scale bioregional serious transformation and, and, and supporting permaculture to really realize its full power and potential. I think it's worth being aware of and considering what these upper layers can contribute. Yeah. The more I look at this, Dan, the more I just see that I kind of meander in and out of all of these mm, yeah. all the time. Yeah. And so while it is a so, somewhat of a linear structure here, I don't think it's not like you get to somewhere and you leave the rest behind. Right. Exactly. exactly. So I think, for example, my thing right now, which is what I'm calling the bottom layer, just the realm of things. My thing is uh, mushrooms <laughs> in gourmet edible fungi in, in the woods that are on this property that I'm managing. And I just found chicken of the woods, uh, which is a real delicious gourmet edible mushroom that I'd never found before. And I just found this, I mean, it, it was up in like 24 hours. It was so fresh, so delicious. And so I just want to propagate this mushroom on all the fallen oak trees in the forest. And that's my thing right now, you know, mm. And is that, it just doesn't, I'm always going to have a thing that excites me and, and I want to engage with. And mm. it's not to say that that's wrong at all. Of course, you have to do things. It's about how, it, how moving through this successional structure sends you back to doing the thing in a different way. That's right, from a different perspective. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, yeah. And I love it. Like one of my, my, one of my things, my pet things is the rocket barrel oven using efficient smoke-free rocket combustion, especially when so many people around me are latching onto the idea of a cob oven, which takes a hell of a lot of materials to build and then a huge amount of wood to heat all this by, you know, it was, it is a generic, it is a blanket recommendation, but it's one of the best I've come across. It's like, well, pretty much any backyard in this country, is, is, it's not going to be a terrible decision to put, put something like that in. Yeah, there's some basic things, you know, like most homes need, and, and most climates anyway, need heat. Mm. And so at some time of the year. So in those places, it, yeah, of course, it, it makes a lot of sense. But it isn't actually effective everywhere, right? Because some climates don't need heat, so... Uh, totally yeah yeah well, and these, these things are for cooking and but you know some people uh, are, are raw foodists right so yeah. <laughs> trying, to, trying to sell the raw foodist a, a, a bit a more efficient oven it's like well we don't use it like right right but yeah we all go that. things and what and do you recall where you first got into permaculture was it was it via some it was food things it was around food yeah because i was just thinking the, the the kind of the the archetypal thing really is the idea of a a kitchen garden or as you know as a food garden right that is totally. the ultimate simple graspable idea and, it, and it's and it, i mean what a it's a beautiful amazing place like the, the idea of a square meter outside your kitchen door so oh my god that, for a lot of people that's the that's the light bulb moment that starts the whole thing exactly and i even remember walking around my permaculture teachers my first permaculture teachers of my pdc yard which which he had set up as a demonstration site and I was just like, dude, where's all the food? And he was just like, I guess I don't eat a lot of that stuff. And it struck me as funny. And we had a really good conversation about it. And he was like, you know, he came back to me a couple of days later. He's like, you know, I think you're right. I need to start producing, producing more of my food. And it hit me in that moment. I was like, that was sort of an aha moment into permaculture is not just about food gardens. I was like, oh, wow this guy who's teaching me has a totally different reason for getting engaged in this. And it wasn't that he likes to grow, eat broccoli or, or whatever that like the, whatever it was that I didn't see in his garden at the time and was wondering why it wasn't there. You know, that wasn't why he got into permaculture and therefore that wasn't permaculture. And so it immediately hit me like, Oh, okay. Permaculture is a lot bigger than the box that I've put it in. Totally. It reminds me of, I remember Darren Doherty telling me the story about how I think either he was telling Bill Mollison or Bill Mollison came to a property that Darren designed and Bill said, this isn't permaculture. Where are the swales? <laughs> um, and there was another example. Oh yeah, that, that's right. I've got, I've got clients and I've heard this in general, people come out to see a, you know, a so-called permaculture property 
and the first thing is like, where's the chickens? Like, how's this permaculture? There's no chickens. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, the underlying formula or mentality is this thing plus this thing plus this thing plus this thing equals permaculture. Like chickens right. plus swale plus herb spiral plus X plus X plus yep. you know, that equals permaculture. And of course, this this layering thing is, is getting across that. It, it has to involve things and, and change and uh, modifying the material world, but doing it in a way that honors these deeper principles. I mean, it's one of the job of the permaculture principles. Right. Exactly. Another um, Joel story, actually, and I don't know where he pulled this from, about martial arts and the belts is that when you first start, you're, you're a white belt. And as you go through the pathway, you get knocked to the ground so many times that the belt starts to get dirty. And you get knocked to the ground so many times, and soon enough, the belt is black. And that means, you know, you've gone through the journey enough to get knocked to the ground repeatedly over and over to where now you're considered a master or maybe not a master, but an upper level practitioner. But as you get better and better, as you grow to mastery, perhaps your belt starts to get white because, you know, the more you wash it, the more the dirt comes off and you're getting knocked to the ground less. Right. And so it's kind of this, it circles back. And I really like that image in terms of what we're talking about with, with permacultures, you get up to that point where you understand what you're trying to do a little better than you did in a lot better than you did in the beginning. And then you reapproach the things. Right? Yeah. I like that. That's, that's, I think that's quite powerful, isn't it? I, I mean, is that, re- that resonates so much? Cause I was, I'm thinking initially get into permaculture. My chicken tractor was great. And I did a PDC and you know, I'm, so this stage I'm a white belt and, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of us initially, like a, a lot of people come to our p- permaculture design course and say, so, so far I've, so what's your experience with permaculture? Well, I've read a lot of books and I've watched a lot of YouTubes. So the belt is white, right? It hasn't been even anywhere near the dirt. And then you, you start to get into more seriously and you start to do stuff. And not, you're not only out in gardens, so there is literally bits of soil rubbing up against your belt, but you are falling over, you're making mistakes. And as I said, I've made many spectacular mistakes. But then over the years, over time, you know, like it starts to, the, the color of the belt starts to lighten up again. Mm-hmm. One thing for me is that when it does, uh, when I do fall over and it gets dirty, I you know, stand up wash it <laughs> yeah Keep moving. get back on your feet spend, you spend know? less time after that swale disaster when i blackened my belt i got really sort of depressed and demoralized about it all and just left it black for a year or two mm. <laughs> before it started to lighten up again <laughs> yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that lands for- there's a saying you get knocked down eight times you get up nine right? <laughs> so you just got to make sure you keep getting up that's right. And don't forget, don't forget the ninth time. Like, hey, one more, <laughs> one more time and then you, you can stay up for a while. I'm actually starting to identify like principles of paradigm change. And one of the biggest ones so far in my thinking is do it over and over again. And I think that that's essential to what we're talking about with practice, with permaculture as a practice. Is you have to do it over and over and over. And until you do that, you're not going to work through the cycle you know you're just not gonna pick up all that you need to pick up oh it's so true isn't it i, I just had a, i've just been rereading the the tracker by tom brown and, and that in the workshop with him last year and you know when you start tracking animals you might spend two hours on a single track and a long time figuring out what the next track is and so on even learning to see these things and then you know after as, as the years and decades wear on you get to the like he, he can um at a slow jog can track an animal that the beginner can't even see anything. And with, with permaculture, I, I sometimes recall um, when I see how where my practice is at these days, where I started, just how agonizing, like how long I would spend, I would mark, you know, I'd be out there with the levels marking out contours or laying out fences. And I mean, I, I was a bit over the top, you know, I'd, I'd be measuring out, spacing out trees to the centimeter, you know, and, and, and then freaking out and changing them and all this kind of thing. Whereas the, these days it's just so, it's just fluid and there's just zero of that stress. And, and it just, you know, what, what, what would have taken me hours and hours and hours, you know, it just falls out in two minutes. And, you know, there's the, there's many different layers at which one has to practice, especially for permaculture because it's so all encompassing. Um, you have to actually do it, right? So you have to do the things that you've designed or 
even just the candy pieces that, that were really attractive to you. You have to engage with it. You also have to design. You probably have to make a bunch of maps, maybe to realize that the map is irrelevant, right? And that's one piece that I don't see actually happening um, as genuinely as could be in permaculture, especially among teachers, is practicing, right? Is how many teachers are actually designers? And I feel a lot of people take the PDC and they kind of get a glimmer of a career pathway through it. And you have two options, basically. Oh, I can go be a designer or I can go be a teacher. I can be a permaculture designer or a permaculture educator. And you actually have to do both <laughs> if you're going to work your way through the cycle, I think is both is very, very important. Another great chat with Jason. So delighted to have him as a colleague and friend in this work and looking forward to continuing the conversation for a long time to come. I'll put links to all Jason's stuff and so you can track him down if you want on the show notes. Check out makingpermaculturestronger.net. That's where it's happening. It's where it's at. Uh, the latest post is out on the Generative Transformation Chart series. Been great to see a few comments and discussion happening around that. As I said earlier, I'm looking forward to dropping some pretty significant posts for me in the coming month or so. A bunch more podcasts in the pipeline. If you're inclined to support this project financially, then please be my guest. Please be my patron. Patreon.com slash Making Permaculture Stronger. And there's also a support page on the makingpermaculturestronger.net site with other options as well. Tell me what's resonating. Tell me what you're making of all this. I'm very open to suggestions about people to talk to and topics to explore. Feel free to propose a guest post or or, or whatever else. Yeah, I mean, just I'm not asking for more of that stuff. I'm I'm already getting plenty. I guess I'm just saying thanks and keep it coming. And uh, you have a lovely rest of your day, whether you're in this part of the world and we're, we're coming into spring, things are warming up, or you're coming into your autumn and fall, things are settling down. Um, or you're somewhere in the middle, under the equator, and it's all kind of more or less the same, just waiting for the rain to stop or start. I wish you well either way, and I'll catch you soon. Bye-bye.